This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Which one's this one? This is from the Wish We Wish You a Metal Xmas album from uh, about a decade and a half ago. This is uh, Lemmy from Motorhead along with Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters and Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top doing Run Rudolph Run. Nice. All right. Hope you're having a great evening. Thanks for joining us here on Inside Sports. Final few seconds of the first half, Thursday night football. Jaguars leading the Jets 13-3. Hockey tonight. Bruins at one point down 2-0, leading the Jets 3-2 with just over a minute to go. Bruins are 25-4-2 on the season, trying to get to 26-4-2. Capitals and Senators 2-2 with three minutes left. Rangers up 5-3 on the Islanders in the last minute of the third. Three minutes to go in Pittsburgh. Hurricanes and Penguins in a 3-3 tie. Earlier, Maple Leafs knocked off the Flyers 4-3. In about an hour, Wild and Sharks, Flames and Kings. And in about half an hour, Kraken and the Canucks. The Canucks then head to Edmonton. Tomorrow night's game against the Oilers is on 6:30. Chad, 5:30 for the faceoff show. Puck drop at 7. The uh, Oilers skills competition, by the way, 7 o'clock on the 28th. Is that Wednesday, Kellen? That gonna, is We're going to be doing yes. inside sports from Rogers Place from that to keep you updated on the uh, skills competition, at least for the balance of the show that night. Ugly weather, by the way, uh, in New Jersey as the Jets are taking on the Jaguars. Kind of, I think it's mostly raining. There might be a little bit of snow mixed in. It's, uh, it's gross. And the Jets fans are not happy. They are not doing much offensively. 13-3 Jags uh, with five seconds left in the first half. In a few minutes, Danielle Serdakny. What a story she is. Uh, through the Edmonton hockey system and uh, made her debut recently for the Canadian women's team in this rivalry series against the States. She goes to Colgate University and she got an overtime winner on Monday in Los Angeles in the rivalry series against the USA. She's coming up uh, before 8 o'clock this evening. We've been having some fun with the off-topic topic. 780-496-0063. Your biggest what-if in sports I just got another text about Tiger Woods being uh, less enthusiastic about extramarital activity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> shows you what people are thinking about. Mm. All right. What do you have, Kellen? Uh, well, to pertain to the last half hour, we have an unknown texter that has texted in and says, what if Bo Jackson didn't injure his hip? Yes, good one. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, another unknown texter texts again and says, what if Steve Smith hadn't scored on Grant Fuhrer? Well, that's a good one. That's a good Oilers-centric one. Are we talking five Stanley Cups in a row for the Oilers? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, they clearly would have been favored. Now, Calgary did not go on to win the Stanley Cup as they somebody texted in about Montreal's goaltending earlier. They ran into Patrick Waugh. And, uh, yeah, and then who knows? If they win in 86, do they win in 87 and in 88 and uh, and on and on? But that that is... Uh, now, the, the game was tied, and Calgary was playing exceptionally well in that series. Maybe something else happens. Maybe mm-hmm. another Calgary Flame scores a goal. I mean, it's not like the Oilers later scored after that but that is uh that is and steve smith who was an outstanding defenseman in the nhl uh for the oilers and chicago who else did he play for wound up playing for well he wound up playing for calgary didn't he later on in his career didn't he I finish so, off yes. there um but yeah I, I mean what if he doesn't have that on his on his resume as well that that's that's a good one i like that one Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one from Trucker T. I'll make you chuckle a little bit. What if Bob Stoffer didn't plant so many trees? Well, that's Wilkins? that's a perfectly relevant question. I mean, what's first of all, that's about what a third of the content of Oilers now just mm-hmm. gone. You'd have to be talking about something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dino Bambino uh, texting it and says, what if Crawford had let Gretzky onto the ice in the Olympics in the extra time? Yeah, the shootout in when was that, 1998? 1998, not going to 1998, uh, obviously, the, the one that's most questioned is the Ray Bork shot, right? Uh, right, yeah. Because who are the other shooters? Well, Rob Zabner was in that shootout lineup too, I believe. Did Zabner take a shot? I, I, I think he was. I don't. Th- I don't think he took a shot. It was Shanahan. Who were the guys that shot? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I could watch the video right now. Here, hang on. We'll try mm-hmm. to find. I didn't. I don't think Zam- Zamner was controversial to be on the team. I don't. Think yeah. He- oh, okay. I don't that's, think that's he took a shot I in the shootout. Confused with yeah. Uh, okay, here's the order of the shootout for Canada. Fleury, Bork, Neuendijk, Lindros, Shanahan. Ah, All denied by Hassig. Robert Reichel got the only goal in the shootout for the Czech Republic. Yeah, a lot of people forget that that was only one goal that happened in that entire shootout. It wasn't as if the the Czechs were, you know, scoring goals on poor Patrick or anything. Do you remember who tied it with a minute three left for Canada? Um, man, I do not. It was Linden, Trevor Linden. Trevor Linden, okay, yep. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. So uh, here's one from D.C. who texts in and says, what if Rob Brown played for the Edmonton Oilers? Well, I I don't know if that was ever close to happening. What if Rob Brown would have got to 50 that one year? That would have been cool. (laughs) What if that one goal didn't get called back? That gets brought up a few times, (laughs) usually by Rob himself. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Les from Fairview uh, says, what if Cam Neely stayed healthy? Yeah, that's a, that's, there's a lot of injured guys, aren't there, that you could say, what if, what if they'd stayed healthy? Um, I, I, you know, there was the other one earlier about Lindros. I think that's relevant. The jumping off point for this was Bo Jackson, really bad hip injury that, you know, ended his football career and, and hampered his baseball career. Yeah, Neely's uh, another good one, for sure, to talk about. To me, uh, to me Lindros is maybe more of a interesting one because his his he he to me his career i i don't know i have to go back and look to me his career got shortened and derailed more than neely's did but yeah mm-hmm. that's another interesting guy to talk about oh here's a good one that just came in this is from an unknown texter but uh this it, it's up to you whether this is the last one for the night read or if we can do a couple more after this but the unknown texter texts in and says what if the ussr sweeps canada in 1972 during the summer series 
How would have that changed Canadian hockey? I, yeah, that's an. I, I, now the thing is, I think it changed Canadian hockey anyway, because there was a recognition of how skilled the the Soviets were, the Russians, mm-hmm. whatever, at that time. Um, yeah, but what if we'd lost like you know six? I guess one game was you know six one and one or something like that. Yeah, we certainly wouldn't talk about it with the same reverence, would we? No. It probably would never be referred to. Hit <laughs> me with a couple other quick ones. Sure. The uh, Don texts in and says, "What if Pat Lafontaine and Adam Oates didn't get hurt with their career-ending injuries?" All right. There we go. And Alan in Cold Lake gets the last word tonight and says, "Hi, nice show. Uh, what if the Leafs make it past the first round? Would they win the Stanley Cup?" In the years they've lost in the first round, uh, yeah, who knows? Yeah, um, I mean, they lost to Montreal in the All Canadian Series, and then the Canadians made the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, and what if and the Toronto Leafs- should have beat Montreal? Obviously, yeah, a lot of what, yeah. what if the I mean, what if the Leafs don't blow that lead against Boston? Right? I don't yeah. know if they ever were quite good enough to win the Cup, but maybe uh, obviously the the image of the franchise would. But here, how come no one brought this up? What if the Oilers don't win the 2015 draft lottery? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's probably a what if people don't want to think about. Uh, who was after McDavid? That's a great question yeah well Eichel was number two right yeah oh well there yeah go. so uh, i mean he probably he probably wouldn't have wanted to stay here either all right uh fun stuff i appreciate those that's a that's an interesting road to go down we'll get to know danielle serdachny and her journey from edmonton to the canadian national women's hockey team Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Carolina beat the Penguins 4-3 in overtime. We have the Oilers and the Canucks on 6.30, Chet, tomorrow night. Second meeting of the season between the two teams. Remember, they played back in the very first game of the year. Oilers fell behind 3-0 in the first minute of the second period and came back to win that 5-3 with McDavid getting a hat-trick. It'll be a 5-30 face-off show, and the uh, puck will drop at 7 o'clock here on 6.30, Chet. Then the Christmas break, and then the Oilers back at it on Tuesday, the 27th at Calgary, and that'll be a 5-30 face-off show. Also, the game at 7, also, of course, here on 6.30. 30 Chet. Okay, here is a uh, great Edmonton story. She plays for Colgate University. She recently made her debut for the Canadian women's hockey team. Danielle Serdachny checking in. Danielle, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for hopping on the show. I know it's been a busy time for you, and you're probably trying to get ready for Christmas and have some time with your family. So we appreciate you hopping on Inside Sports tonight. But you are a great story, and we want to tell that story. And you recently, like very recently, earlier this week, had an incredible, incredible moment. Tell me about the overtime goal against the United States. Yeah, so we were heading into overtime there, which is not uh, weird for Canada and U.S. to go into that. So I think it was about three or four rotations in. The coach kind of looks at me and he's like, okay, you're going to go with Poulin. So instantly I get a little nervous, obviously, um, playing on one of the biggest stages in the world for the women's game. And... I said, oh, Poulin, I was like, oh, you can take the first first person. And then she's like, oh, no, you can go. So instantly I kind of start freaking out a bit. Obviously, that's your idol, someone you look up to, and she's telling you to take the first guy on the chain. So um, I got out there, and uh, we had possession of the puck. So I kind of regrouped, and uh, Renata Fast, a defenseman, made a really nice pass to me. And 
kind of look up and you're on a two-on-one. So uh, naturally, the USA player took away uh, Poulin. So kind of got to the point where I'm like, oh, kind of got to shoot this one. So just kind of shot it and went in and yeah. And this was three-on-three overtime? Is that what they're they're playing? Yeah, three-on-three overtime. Okay. Well, what a moment for you. I mean, just this was what your second appearance with the national team, the senior national team. Yeah, second and, game. To get an overtime goal, or you like pinch me? Like, how are you yeah. feeling? <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't feel real. I mean, it's like something you dream of to play on the national team, and then to think about uh, scoring your first goal as an OT game winner is just a dream come true for me. So. This was the fifth game of the rivalry series. We were, we were just talking off air before we started. You, you've now played in the last two. And I know you've played many other high-level events. You've you've worn the Canadian jersey before, you know, U18, things like that. But to be on the national team and your first two games against the United States, what, like, what was it like, first of all, getting the call that you were like, that they said, yeah, you know, we want you to suit up. Like, here we go. Yeah, so in the camp in August, it was a combination of the development team and senior team. So uh, they kind of brought to our attention that in that December series, they'd be bringing some college uh, students. So obviously, from then, it was a goal of mine to be on that roster. So I actually got the, it was an email uh, when we were at Ohio State, and I had to kind of keep quiet about it. But when I got the email, I was pumped, obviously, to make the national team and uh, for that series. And then on top of it, to head to LA and Vegas was uh, pretty unbelievable. <laughs> so when was that email when you were about to play Ohio State? How long ago was that? Uh, it was three weeks prior to the event, so beginning... Okay. Uh, mid-November I'd say mid-November they said you're uh, who are the first people or who was the first person that you told were you like were you allowed to tell your family at least yeah I ended up telling my family they were actually down in Ohio so I kept it quiet for a day and then kind of told them so they were pretty excited for me so huge steps for you huge goal that you scored but can you give everybody a sense of how difficult it is to get I mean, even these two games on the national team, like how competitive is it now in Canadian women's hockey to get a precious, you know, get these first two precious games in on the national team and hopefully more now? Yeah, obviously women's hockey is continuing to evolve and uh, there's a lot more players than there used to be. So obviously um, there's a lot of great players in Canada, especially uh, when they won a world championship and then an Olympic gold. So pretty hard to crack that roster, but... I knew that uh, when I did, I kind of had to make the most of the opportunity and kind of go from there. Okay, right on. Daniel Serdakti joining us tonight on Inside Sports. As we were mentioning, uh, overtime goal on Monday in the rivalry series for Canada, Game 5 against the United States. All right, so for you, um, I'm wondering when it's it started. Obviously, uh, Steve Serdakti is your dad, um, you know, long affiliation with the Oilers. I, I've, I've talked to him at the, the Family Day event uh, tournament several times over the years. I've done my show for there. So, so your family has, you know, ties to hockey, but it doesn't necessarily mean you or any other siblings are going to be into hockey. But where did it start for you? Uh, yeah, obviously, my dad's a big hockey guy, uh, has his own business and also worked for the Oilers. And then I have an older sister, so... She's about a year and a half older than me, so growing up, just always seeing her at the rink and stuff uh, made me want to play. And obviously, naturally, uh, coming from a hockey family, my dad wanted us to play too. So I started skating lessons when I was about two or three. I remember I think my parents had to lie about my age to get me on the ice a little earlier, so that's pretty funny. And then from there, I just kind of started playing uh, initiation 
at age four uh, with my older sister and kind of just she was someone I always like looked up to and being around at the rink uh, made me want to be out there too so I, I'm curious um because like women's hockey has grown immensely over the last 25 30 years or so but I, I remember well, it would have been about 20 years ago, I was covering um, a female midget team in Lloyd Minster, and some of those players were saying, I always had to play with boys until they got to bantam or midget. And the dream was kind of like, it w- that wouldn't happen, right? It would be a full from initiation or Timbits, whatever they're called, <laughs> all, all the way up. So did you ever play with boys or was it always all uh, girls hockey? Yeah, um, obviously I was a bit different. So I actually played with boys all the way up to midget. Um, so I, I loved playing with them. I thought like they were super competitive and stuff, but obviously there was an option to go to girls, but, uh, my family and I kind of decided that, uh, as long as I can keep up with them, I can keep playing with them. So that's kind of what I decided to go with. Okay. And, uh, you're going to Colgate university. Tell us about the process of getting recruited to go to, uh, an NCAA school. I'm assuming given the, the level you've been performing at for a while, probably, institutions on both sides of the border maybe wanted you as a player what was it like yeah so i actually ended up deciding to move to Kelowna uh to go to the poe hockey academy which is now rha um i kind of thought it would give me the best opportunity to like improve as a player but also uh, be recruited and seen by uh, different teams around the u.s we did a lot of tournaments actually in the u.s which was really helpful so um yeah so from there kind of colgate saw me uh had a lot of phone calls back and forth and ended up going to see the campus and obviously it's a different campus it's small kind of in the middle of nowhere in ways but i don't know something about it like really uh got me and it kind of felt like that's where i wanted to spend the next few years of my life so i ended up kidmating there and i haven't really looked back since so What's the student athlete uh, life like? Like, do you get uh, a lot of fans to the games? Or how are you balancing the school and the sports and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, our fan base has continued to grow, and which has been cool to see. Obviously, our school is only about uh, three thousand students, so uh, however many of them decide to come out, it's always uh, good. Obviously, our team has improved a bit over the years, so uh, more students have been interested in watching. And as far as being a student athlete, I mean, it's been, it was a bit of an adjustment at first. Obviously, um, you're coming in, you're traveling. Uh, university is typically harder than high school, but yeah, you kind of get used to it and kind of have to learn to balance the both of them, whether it's studying on the road or just getting things done. So it's been good. Okay. So uh, you mentioned Poulin. Is that your your hero or who are some, uh, doesn't have to be hockey players, athletes you've looked up to? throughout your yeah, life yeah definitely just being a hockey player obviously um as it's grown they've been on the tv a lot more like natalie spooner has been one and poulin has definitely been up there i mean scored so many uh huge goals but uh it's super cool just to like think about that and seeing her on the tv and then actually like getting the chance to meet her meet her and talk to her and seeing how great of a person and leader she is for that group Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And 
I, I mean, I think you're, you are, and you're going to continue to become somebody that people younger than you look up to. I don't know if you see yourself that way, but I think it, it's happening and it will happen. What would be your generation to the, uh, you know, nine, 10, 11 year old girls who are, are hoping one day to play with the national team like you're getting to do? Yeah, obviously, I hope I can continue to be a role model for those girls. I'll be um, looking at the team. There's not many Alberta girls, so I'm hoping I can inspire them uh, to keep going and keep trying regardless of uh, what the roster looks like. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, so now now what's up? You're just uh, chilling out for Christmas and then uh, back to school and then maybe game six rivalry series. Do you know about that yet? Yeah, we're unsure about that series yet, so we'd find out three weeks before. But yeah, just kind of hanging out. I got a week or so at home, so hanging out with the family, uh, seeing grandparents and cousins, and also heading to the Oilers game on the 23rd. So I'm pumped for that. Oh, good. Well, I'll be there as well, so maybe I'll awesome. run into you. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Danielle, thanks for telling your story. Again, congratulations on the huge goal. I hope there are many more incredible moments in your uh, career to come. Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, thank you so much.